This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokatov, good morning. How are you? Bokatov, wow, lots and lots of action over the last few days. But I wanted to just, first of all, address um, an email that I received from Ruth. Thanks for writing in, Ruth. And she asked about the threat that has been issued by the Prime Minister to assassinate in particular, the, um, the leader of Hamas. And what Ruth has said is, first of all, how sensible is it for such a statement to be made publicly? I think we can all kind of decide that for ourselves, whether we think it's a good or a bad thing. But she also raised the issue that um, apparently we understand that the prime minister has given an undertaking to the Qatari um, uh, authorities that Sinwar will not be assassinated in Qatar. Oh, um, now, interesting. Now, Sinwar is a highly controversial figure. And let's start by saying that the latest report about him is that apparently he personally visited some of the hostages in the tunnels in Gaza while they were being held hostage. He came along apparently underground and introduced himself in perfect Hebrew and told the hostages that they shouldn't be concerned because they are being well protected and they are safe. Those were the words that he used. Um, and it's ironic that he was telling the hostages this when, of course, his fingerprints are all over the October the 7th massacre, everywhere. Um, and so for him to be making that statement in his perfect Hebrew, because, of course, he's been many years mm. in an Israeli jail and he speaks very, very good Hebrew. Um, and so he told them that they should feel safe. Um, but it's ironic that he was actually in the tunnels in Gaza when publicly, at least, we've only seen him um, in luxury hotels in Qatar and other places. So he's obviously been in and out of Gaza. Which is also interesting. The, I mean, that's also yeah. fascinating how he can just get uh, in and out of there. Absolutely. He's been in, out, in and out of Gaza during the operation. And so the question as to why um, the... First of all, uh, the question was, why hasn't he been assassinated before? And I think um, I don't really know the answer to that. But very frequently, just when we think it's obvious that leaders should be assassinated, comes the question, who will replace them when they get assassinated? And sometimes it's better the devil you know than you don't know, because yeah. sometimes the replacement it's could worse. be worse. Although than, that said, if, if the goal is to, to totally destroy Hamas, then you destroy Hamas and you don't I think agree. about who's going. To, it's not like a country. You know, the country is going right. to exist if you if you assassinate a leader, you don't know what's going to happen. But Hamas I can agree. be destroyed like ISIS. 
Um, I do agree, and I think more than that, it's obvious that um, um, the IDF has actually assassinated many mm. of the leadership level immediately below Sinwa, including his own brother, um, who have been killed during the time of the operation in Gaza. One wonders whether Sinwa wasn't even around the area of where his brother was killed during the time at the time that he was mm. killed. Um, because if he was in Gaza, one wonders exactly where he was at that time. The whole issue of Qatar and their role in this is a very fascinating one. Qatar, of course, being ever the middle person playing both sides of this coin, because on the one hand, we need to remember that Qatar has is the home of the largest U.S. military base in the Middle East, is in Qatar. On the other hand, Qatar is hosting the Hamas leadership and is in touch with Iran and all of the others. So they're actually playing all sides of this coin. And it kind of is uh, also in line with uh, Qatar's behavior during the World Cup, where they allowed Israelis to come in mm. as spectators, even though there is no um, diplomatic relations with, with Israel. And in fact, over the weekend, it was announced that a Qatari private jet had been given permission and landed in Israel with Qatari officials on, officials on board to apparently talk to members of the Israeli government. And we believe that the message that they were bringing on Saturday is that Hamas were trying to play with the truce and that they were trying to somehow um, um, take actions which could disturb the truce. We understand that that was a message that was brought from Qatar by private jet during the course of Saturday to the Israeli government. And, of course, we know that Qatari officials have been going into, into Gaza as well and being hosted by Hamas. They're playing both sides of this coin. But as things stand right now, the whole truce and the negotiations of the uh, release of the hostages is all being done through Qatar. If Israel takes an action to annoy Qatar for whatever reason, all of those vets could be off. So while we are trying to release our hostages, I think that Israel is inclined to sort of play ball with Qatar and not do anything that would disrupt the flow of information with Qatar. Once the hostages are released, I think that the situation may be different. But who knows? Yeah, it's uh, it's just so perplexing where we see all of these different things all happening at the same time, and we just try and figure out what is going on. Okay, so today is day 53 of Operation Sword of Iron. Uh, what happened yesterday in terms of the release of the hostages? So um, the bottom line, the end of the story is that 11 Israeli hostages were ultimately released very, very late last night. We understand that there were also six Thai hostages. And one of the reports that I heard on the radio this morning, I've said, why are we not giving more airtime to the Thai citizens who are also being released, although they aren't part of the, mm. the release deal? They, they are essentially for free in inverted commas because no um, uh, Palestinian prisoners are required to be, be released in exchange for them. But there are quite a number of Thai uh, nationals who have been released as well. In all, um, we understand that there have been 51 Israelis released, 11 of them yesterday. And during the course of yesterday, there was a lot of shenanigans because once again, it seems as if though um, Hamas were intent upon releasing children without their mothers and it had to have the intervention by President Joe Biden, who came out saying it is not okay for children to be separated from their mothers. And so ultimately the release went ahead yesterday. Um, children were released with their mothers. 
Um, but many of those children had to leave their fathers behind in captivity. Um, and so um, at least the mothers came back. We are not uh, being updated as to the medical health of those uh, mm-hmm. Israelis who were released late last night because of all the negotiations backwards and forwards about and the mothers will be released or will not be released and the release actually took place very very late last night and in fact um, the uh, Israelis only crossed into Israeli territory quite close to midnight last night it was about 11 o'clock last night by the time they were ultimately brought by the Red Cross to Israeli territory and then they were flown we understand by helicopter from nearby the Gaza border area to Ichilov Hospital in Tel Aviv. Um, as I say, we don't know the current medical situation of those people. One 11-year-old girl could be seen wheeled in a wheelchair with an obvious injury to her leg. Um, so we would like to know what her situation is and what's wrong with her leg. Uh, we also saw two um, young children, uh, twins, the three-year-old Cuneo twins, um, who have been carried one by their mother and one by another lady. And they they kind of looked a little uh, um, uh, inactive, I suppose is the word that I would describe, in the dark, as we saw them being carried from the Hamas vehicle yeah, yeah. to the uh, International Committee of the Red Cross, who were there to meet them. And I was certainly concerned about those two little children and what their situation is. Um, but ultimately, the others seem to walk on their own, on their own, uh, of their own accord and seem to be able to get into the Red Cross vehicle okay. Um, but we still need to find out what their situation is. Um, stories have been coming out about the conditions that the hostages were held in, in spite of Ikhya Sinwar coming out and saying, you will be safe and everything will be okay. Um, but this was not a luxury spa situation by any stretch of the imagination. Um, one lady was telling us that they were forced to sleep on um, chairs which were sort of connected together, metal chairs that were connected together, sort of like she described them as the ones that we get in our medical facilities. When you go to the doctors and the medical health facilities, they've got those mm. very, very identifiable chairs that are all connected one to each other. She said that was the um, those were the things that they were supposed to sleep on. The children allowed the elderly uh, people to sleep on the chair. The children apparently slept on the floor. Um, there were reports that they weren't allowed to shower at all during the time that they were in captivity, that the water that they were given was quite limited for drinking. Some of them tried to use some of the drinking water to wash their clothes. And sanitary conditions were less than savory. The food that they were given, sometimes uh, tins of hummus and some pita on certain days, some days really not much food. We're talking about elderly people and children, not just healthy um, uh, young people that are being treated like this. So, um, you know, some people would cynically say that the economy class of El Al would look like a luxury mm. by comparison to um, the conditions that these hostages have been held in. Um, but um, they uh, somehow managed to keep each other going by telling stories. Apparently, there was a, a report that one of the men is a historian and he sat with groups of people around him talking about history That's to try incredible. and keep people Wow. To, to try and keep the morale going, he, he, he gave his knowledge 
to these groups of people who were eager just to keep talking. They weren't given access to sunlight. Apparently, the tunnels are like five floors below ground. Um, they weren't given um, any time outdoors at all. So the conditions that they've been held in have been quite sinister and, and really not good. Um, and, of course, we are concerned about those who have been left behind because um, some of them are not in good condition. Do we know anything about the woman who, who probably or was likely to have given birth? Um, we have heard absolutely nothing about her whatsoever. And um, one of the other um, families that we had a lot of concern about was the family with the two Young, young, very, mm. very young children, mm. the baby Fear. and uh, the three. Exactly. Mm. And, and, and the um, IDF issued an, a statement yesterday saying that the IDF believes that that family is not in the possession of Hamas and um, that there is some work to try and find out where that family really is. They are believed to be potentially held in the area of Khan Yunus. That's the latest that they know about. But as of now, the IDF is formally saying that they believe that that family is not being held by Hamas. It's uh, absolutely, absolutely frightening. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, but I just want to understand what is happening on the northern border at the moment. Has there been a truce there? So the, the, the military activity, even in Gaza, hasn't stopped. In other words, even though there is a truce, the military activity, the, the IDF is still very much on alert. It should be noted that IDF soldiers are still in Gaza. None of them have withdrawn from their positions that were gained during the period of the fighting, that the, um, Gazan residents have been prevented from returning back from the south to the north just in case the fighting needs to, to start again. And then the, the IDF doesn't want to have the responsibility of having to evacuate people once again. So people are not being allowed to return back from the south to the north. And in fact, on the northern border, it's been very fascinating to watch because Hezbollah have also been abiding by the truth, the truth yes. mm. of their own accord. They have Which voluntarily, so mm. they have just voluntarily stopped and they've said to the extent that the IDF will respond, there will be a truce on the northern border. And I just think that Hezbollah want the break. I think that they just said, listen, we've had enough. If we stop now, you guys stop as well. We need the break. But it was interesting that um, the IDF yesterday once again bombed Beirut airport because they have warned the Syrians and they've warned the Lebanese that, um, sorry, not Beirut airport, Damascus airport, and they've warned the Syrians that Damascus airport will not be allowed to operate, that they shouldn't even try and fix uh, the damage that's being created by the IDF in putting the airport out of action. The Syrians went ahead and tried to fix it and then relaunched Damascus airport. And within a few hours, it was bombed again and it once again out of action. So there is still some activity, but a truce is being observed on the northern border and in Gaza. And of course, the two extra days are now already in effect. This is the first day of the two extra days. Um, Israel is due to receive 10 additional hostages to be released today and tomorrow for the two additional days. The Israeli government has not confirmed that this extension is in place, but for all intents and purposes right now, it seems to us that the truce is uh, extended for another two days in exchange for 20 more hostages to be released. Anthony Rach, that is where we leave it. It is 8.01. I'm Howard Feldman. That was the Israel Report. We'll catch Anthony tomorrow morning at 7.45.
That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Tzahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Oh,